Hey, everybody, before we get you into this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey, we want to give a big shout out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, who were recently given access to the Meta Store. That has been something they have been trying to achieve for a long time. And right now, in your VR headset, if you go to the Meta Store, guess what's there? NHL Sense Arena. You no longer have to go to their website to download the game. We've said it many times on this show. We love what Sense Arena is able to provide for you, the listener, to your young hockey player in a VR way to experience the game like never before. And as you can imagine, now that they're on the Meta Store, things have changed a little bit. We are now offering 10% off an annual plan of NHL Sense Arena. When you use the code, and you might want to write this one down, HNS-72A36D. Leave it to Facebook for an ad like that. HNS-72A36D. And that will get you 10% off your annual plan of NHL Sense Arena on the Meta Store. But without any further ado, let's dive into this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey right now. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. We got a great topic for you today. Let's be honest, all the topics we have are great, but you're here and you're listening, and I got to hype the show up somehow. So that's how I'm doing it today. We're going to talk about the three questions you should be asking an organization before you join. I'm going to give you a quick disclaimer here. This probably works beyond just hockey and beyond sports. A lot of this could be if you're going to a new job. But for today's episode, we're going to be focusing on hockey organizations, which means I have to bring in my two great co-hosts, the greatest people on the planet, Christy Cashiano Burns <laughs> and Mike Benelli. They're both here. They're both ready to go. We're each going to give one question that we would ask. And at the end of the episode, as we said, you'll have three questions you should ask a hockey organization before you join. And I'm going to throw it first to, to the heart of the show, Christy Cashiano Burns. There you go. Well, you should definitely be like Mike Benelli and ask a million questions before million you questions. hook yeah. up with a, a Give team. them a yeah. handwritten test. Like Herb <laughs> Brooks for and me, Mary. The, the million dollar question Try is it. the schedule. Uh, I really, I really need to know it. How many practices, how many games, how many tournaments does this team fit my schedule, my family's schedule? That is so important because I know when, when they go for the tryouts and, oh, this team's so great. It's the perfect fit for my kid. And then the team accepts your kid. Okay, the kid makes the team. Yeah, you're a good fit for us. But that really, you really have to analyze it and see what the commitment is. Is, is, it, is it okay for your kid if he's, let's say he takes piano lessons? Can he continue doing his lessons? And, uh, you know, is that going to fit with the hockey schedule? Maybe they're into other things. Maybe they want to be in the school play. Will the team allow them to do that during the hockey season? Is this a team that's all about winning a state championship or is this a team about developing your player? Family fit is so important when you scout out these teams. And uh, you got to have a coach who you yeah. can talk to who if, if you're not one of those players who wants to, you know, be at every single tournament, every single game and have that huge commitment five nights a week, then that's not the team for you. And you got to be able to let the coach know if conflicts are happening. And if he's not listening, he's like, no, it's my team or nothing. Then maybe that's not the right team for you. That's a great point, Christy. All, all of it. You, you made me think of a few things. One is not, not just when are the practices in terms of days, but what time are the practices? Right. Like my son's yeah. practices at Mitre at like 4.15 in the afternoon. 
Um, and I, my, for most people out there, uh, you're not home at 415 in the afternoon, right? I, right? So I'm, how I'm, do you get them to practice? Right. I'm at a fortunate position where I, I can kind of move my schedule around, but not, not yeah. too, a two, not everybody can yeah, do that. Though. Two income family. That's, that's going to be really yeah. hard. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I, I think you added a, I, I'm going to, I'm going to allow it for the purpose of the episode, but that was another great question you asked is, are you about winning? Or are you about development? Right. Um, and, and here's the yeah. thing. I mean, the answer should almost always be development because winning is a result of that. Right. But that's a great question. You know, we talked about this with my son. Um, and it's, it's funny because I've been challenged on this. And it's, but it's so true. They said, what team do you want your kid on? I said, whichever mm-hmm. one is correct for his development. He did not yeah. make the top team next year. I am a billion percent okay with that. He's right, because eight. you have to realize if that <laughs> right. team is all about winning, your kid, if they're not as developed as the other players, they're not right. going to get as much playing time. If you're okay with that, then fine. Right. But if you want your kid out on the ice developing, then that win at all cost team may not be a good fit for you. Well, and, and and I want them to have fun, right? The, the other thing too, look, look I, I'll also concede this. I am a hockey coach, so I have to remind myself 72 times at every game in practice, it's supposed to be fun <laughs> for my kid. Meaning that, look, I like the grind. I like the work. Uh, at eight years old, that's not the, that's not the experience. Right. Uh, but that's a me problem, not a not a son problem, not a daughter problem. So I think that creating that environment via the schedule, just kind of staying on your point for your family, for your kid. And we all we all our lives all revolve around hockey. OK, we know that. But making sure that you're scheduling correctly around your family and your life is super, super important, uh, especially when they get into the um, the upper levels. Now, Sophia had a conflict. She wanted to be on this AAA travel team and play high school. There was one team that didn't like that, didn't want high school kids on their team. You couldn't do both. So that's important too, especially in the high school years. If your kid really wants to play high school hockey, make sure that the travel team is okay with that. Really okay with that because they may say that's fine. Just get you on the team and build their numbers. Uh, If that coach says, well, you're going to have to miss your high school game, then that's going to be a problem because the high school season is so short. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, well, I think it's across the whole gamut, right, of your age groups. So is this because we, we all talk about 8U, 10U, 12U being multi-sport athletes. If you're going to be a multi-sport athlete, then you have to know what the schedule is of the one sport that's in season, right? So it's so important if you're talking to your soccer coach or your baseball coach or your equestrian coach or your whatever it is, you know, that that scheduling. I, I mean, when I and we, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot about uh, pre and post kids, and I think pre kids. Like I, as a hockey director, I was always like, oh yeah, we just throw the schedule out. And as long as it works for me, I mean, it all works, doesn't it? I mean, 415. Yeah. I'm 23 years yeah. old. Why you can't get here at 415 for practice, my practice, but you, you have to start thinking like a parent. So if you're an organization and a coach, you have to start thinking, well, you know, if I want my kids to have fun, I want my kids because you can, it's not, they're not mutually exclusive. I could have fun and develop. I should be right. Absolutely they, they should, true. they should be working together. So right. if that's right. the case, if that's the case, then how do I have so much fun and develop and give parents a schedule that they can then embrace my right. need to win that's and my need point. to develop? So, you know, if you're going to send a schedule out on Mondays, like, and this happens in organizations across the board, like they'll send the schedule out on Friday for the next week. I, I, I'm like, I don't even know how you work like this. Like who, who can do this? Like, how can you do it even as a coach? So, you know, be prepared, have a layout of the practices, have your season schedule planned out. Yes. Are there going to be movements and changes? But I think the biggest part of a schedule is the schedule. 
<laughs> I yeah. mean, just giving me a schedule. I mean, yes, I know you want to win. I know we have so many games. I know we have practices, but don't tell me on Friday night that we have two games newly scheduled on Saturday that are must, that are must games for us to win. Cause it really just, nah, it's a recipe for disaster. And the craziest thing, right? Lee is people will do it. Like they'll find a well, way to get there. Look, team managers and coaches, yeah, that's true. They, they tend to schedule the way they schedule their own life. Right. Uh, so if you're an unscheduled person, normally you're probably going to be an unscheduled person uh, in hockey. And my, my suggestion is kind of know your gaps there. If, if you're not good at that, get a team manager that is, or bring in someone that is right. Like don't, don't allow yourself to do that. Cause you're going to affect other people, lot, other people's lives. Mike, I love that you brought up the organizational side of this because there is responsibility on the other side as well to provide the parents with a schedule. And I, I, I know that with my calendar, it's to the minute. Uh, just because of all the stuff we do, Christy, obviously you have to be the same way, Mike, you too. Um, yeah. You know, the, the other thing too is that, you know, I remember when I was in high school, um, we had a great varsity athlete there. He played five sports. He, he, he varsityed five letters um, his junior and senior year, a year. Um, so I remember looking at him, I'm thinking if he can play five sports, most of them simultaneously, then, then, you know, we can do this, right. I'm playing one sport, maybe multiple teams, but yeah, it just comes down to organization and parents. Look, um, I was not the most organized person when I was younger. Uh, and, and I think that today with technology, this is a great opportunity to also teach your kids about, Hey, you should have a calendar. You have a phone, your schedule is going to sync to your phone. You don't have to put it in manually anymore. Uh, and you should be responsible about knowing when your practices are and knowing uh, when things are obviously past, past a certain age. I don't expect my son to do that. Uh, beyond a paper calendar on the wall of like, Hey, look, this is today, but that's an important one. Christy, that's, it's a great question. It's a, it's a great thing I think is underestimated. I think people do just run into organizations like, Oh, you made the team. Uh, all right. Practices are yeah. at two o'clock on Tuesdays. Oh well, yeah. Right. And our, and our, and our, and our, and our kids, and our kids do love structure. I mean, they want to know like, okay, True. on Tuesday nights, I have, I have hockey, I get it. And I can, I, and then you, as a parent, I hope you can use that as a way to cajole other things out to them. Like, right, Hey, right. You got to get your homework done today because you have hockey tomorrow and this is the time we have it. So our Monday is going to be our study day. Our Wednesday is going to be our extra study day. Like where are we going to fit in the rest of our schedule? But if I don't know that schedule ahead of time and I sign up for a team that says, you know, oh, by the way, our schedule rotates uh, on three different nights for the, for every month or in a lot of regions, what happens is your schedule is one way and then high school season starts and your whole schedule changes because now all the high school teams start using the ice. And it flips all the schedules around. So right. just be really conscious right. of that. Don't assume when you sign up for an organization like Thursday nights, your practices in September, that they're going to be practices in November. Just check, ask, right. you know, be, be informed right. of that. And, and they should know. They yeah. should know. Do they should know. That little research before you sign up. There are parents always floating around the rink who've been on that team before. And you can right. certainly pull them aside and say, hey. Right. You know, I well, and how did you make that work? The coaches. How did you make that work? How right. flexible is the coach? Yeah. Ask questions of parents who have already experienced that coach and that team. It's very helpful. No doubt. No and doubt. Mike, before we move to your question, I want to thank you for bringing up the vocabulary word of the day, which is cajole. Mike said that in his conversation. If you don't know, Google it. It's what? a great word. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an author. I'm a writer. I appreciate vocabulary like that. Cajole is the word of the day. If you're listening, sponsored by nobody. Uh, Mike, over to then, you for your What question. am I with? And, 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 and then text me what it means. Yeah, text. He just said it. It sounded, it sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> it was better. I, I was, I'm trying to stay away from the swear words. Um, 
So <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing great. Thank you. And well, we have Caitlin to edit these out later. She can help me out. Um, so yeah, so I think you know scheduling is huge, right? And I think with scheduling and knowing, are you on a heavy schedule and a light schedule? Do you go to 15 tournaments a year? I, I want to know what am I budgeting? I want to know what are the costs of these things that we're that I'm signing up for. And, and then, you know, tell me, because everybody gets the tuition. I see, I, I, th that's a fact. I mean, I don't see there's not, a, there's not an organization, maybe in the world, but, but definitely in the United States, you don't sign up, it says tuition, $2,700, 8U, and then, and then there's no asterisk, there's no, there's no O end. <laughs> no hidden fees. And plus, you know, and, and people maybe should put plus fees. Okay, well, what are those fees? And are, am I required to raise those fees am i required to you know cajole my uh the rest of my family into <laughs> into giving them more you know asking for more finances and selling cookies and selling uh super bowl boxes and stuff for my tuition but i think just knowing what the costs are knowing what we talked this a million times too and i think we all have been down the road of you know okay am i on a new team am i buying a new set of uniform and am i buying a new set of sweatsuit am i uh, what are the tournaments and where are they, by the way? Because a tournament that I have to drive to is a lot different than a tournament I have to fly to. And, um, you know, and right. I think, and the way and I think just, the economy is, yeah. You might want to fly. The way the economy is. <laughs> Maybe those, you could get right, your tickets now, lock them are. in. Lock them in now. But I think, right. yeah, but you, you're going to drive and down the, the street. I mean, literally, I did my budget the other day and my driving budget for practices will have tripled. Tripled. Which, which yeah. again, you could say, yeah. well, then you got to give up other things. But well, there's, there's certain things you just can't give up. I mean, you know. Right. So, so I think you I think it's just a matter of what you what you got to eat. But I think well, maybe not that much. Yeah. But I think I think you have to yeah have road, to figure out a way. Have gone out. Well, everything yeah. right. So what is, what is my everything. what is my cost that I'm laying into? And I think knowing mm -hmm. that ahead of time, it, there's no big red flags. If your organization can't give you like a real honest assessment of what your all-in costs are, not just your tuition, your all-in costs for the year, then that, that's something you really got to look at. That's something you got to be considerate about, you know, when you go to a tryout and say, listen, I love trying out for this team and I love the fact that I could make it, but what are the all-in costs? And I think some of us in the hockey world, you know, because hockey is, is you know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people with, that don't have uh, worries about money and, and we're doing this more and more, right? We've talked about this a couple of times where we're, we're eliminating the sport for so many people on the people the game. at the yeah. economic scale. So what happens is the rich just keep getting richer. Like, like you spend money one year, like, well, I don't know, they spent 10,000 last year. Why don't we spend 12,000 this year? Like, like when, when coaches and people that run organizations just keep scheduling things without any thought about the other 18 players that are on that roster and what that costs them, you know, that to me, that, to me, that's a red flag. But again, I'm a little different. I'm in a, in, a, in, a, in a strange part of the country where it seems like players can go to, you know, 15 different tournaments a month and have and don't bat an eyelash. Like, you know, they could stay at the four seasons every single weekend and they don't it doesn't affect them. Um, I don't know that I don't think that's true everywhere. And I think we have to be aware of that when we when we sign up for Absolutely. programs and we want to know what my budget is for this program. Right. And that's not true in where I, where I am. I mean, we the teams that we have been on have always been conscious of parents who struggle, you know, financially. And that is taken into consideration with the travel and the expenses and the hotels. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a really important factor. And I, and I would hope 
that other parents would be sensitive to that when parents are speaking up and saying, I don't know that my family can afford this. Maybe we can we cut back a little bit on the traveling. You know? and, it's, and, and it's hard for people, right? Because it's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's hard for somebody to say, you know, I don't know, everybody else is going to the, this weekend tournament that you just scheduled and it's going to cost another, you know, it's an $800 into my budget that I didn't expect. Right. I mean, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. If right. you told me, oh, by the way, that's every month your refrigerator is going to break down and you got to get a new refrigerator, I'd be like, well, that's a lot of money. Like, but, uh, but for some people, there's like, well, yeah, just, just sign up for another tournament. No problem. Well, look, this is what I'll say. I'll never underestimate a parent's love for the child and what a parent is willing right. to do to allow their, their kid to play. Um, but I think the key word here, guys, is consciousness in terms of organizations and other parents. And look, if, if you're a well-off family, that's great. I, I, I really mean that. I'm not saying that sarcastic. That's wonderful if, if you're doing well. But that doesn't mean we should not take into consideration families that maybe aren't doing well um, with inflation. Uh, the economy is not exactly going the, the best direction at the moment. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, you know, ideally, not ideally. Honestly, this season is probably going to be a little tough financially. Mike, you already alluded to that just from inflation. If the market crashes, there's a hundred things that could happen here that could make this uh, tough financially for people. So as a question, yeah, look, you're going to want to know, I wouldn't call them hidden fees, but ask the parents, like, look, are, are you going to make me buy new jerseys this year? I, I, something I didn't know in my organization is that at every level, um, only one child can have the number that he has. It's not by team, it's by level. So at the might level, only one player can have the number nine, which is my son's number. Now he had that last year, so he's a legacy He'll get it again this year. But when he goes to squirt, uh, if there's number number nine, he's got to buy new jerseys. Yeah. There's a hidden cost, if you will, right? Um, are you going to sell me beanie hats for $800 a hat this year? Are we buying team jackets? Are we traveling? There are a lot of costs. Now, again, some of them are optional. But as I said, parents, you know, no parent wants their kid to be the only kid on the team without that hat. All right. So I think there's multiple opportunities here. I think one is an opportunity to teach your kids about, hey, listen, we got to batten down the hatches and get your bootstraps on and we're going to have to work if we want to do this, right? Maybe we'll get a part-time job. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, all right? Uh, I, I think parents that protect their kids from that side of life are actually doing them a disservice, right? I had a job when I was 14, 15 years old. I had to do that. Um, so just some things to think about, but yeah, you got to know what it's going to cost. I think we said it on a, a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the cost of hockey, that you probably want to double your, your team dues. That's probably what it's going to cost at minimum, right? So whatever the team's charging it, doubling that's probably a good starting point for the season. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the other thing too, uh, just to keep in mind, and, and Mike, this, is, this might be an answer to the question, is I was actually just having a conversation with a, with a major stick manufacturer, and we were talking about the difference between a $300 stick and a $100 stick. And while the $300 stick probably does perform a little bit better, the question was, is it worth the extra $200? And the answer is usually no. All right. It, it will perform a little bit better, maybe 50 bucks better. But do I need the $300 stick to play? I really don't. Right. And the stick is just an extension of me as a player. It's not the stick that makes me. So I look at organizations the same way. I would rather go to an organization that's going to be 500 with better coaching in terms of development as a player, as, as my youth, than the team I know is going to win and I'll be on the fourth line all season. All right, parents, I know that's a tough one for your kids. I promise you, if you go to the right developmental team, even if it costs less, and don't be fooled, the more you spend, just going back to my stick analogy, does not mean you're going to get better coaching. Those two things are not always exclusive. That's not a shot at coaches at any level, but you really got to gauge where is my kid at what is my, does my kid need a confident season? 
right? Christy, we've talked about that with your daughter before. They're not making the big team. And then you get the confidence season. I, though, I, I, I grew more. In those, those are gold. Yeah. Those seasons are gold. Yeah. I think I grew more in those right. seasons than, than some of the tough seasons that I've had. I, yeah. I, think, I think that was my point really too, is that it's not, you could, you could have all the money in the world. I mean, it's not, it's not even a, a lack of financial um, right. questions sometimes. It's a, what's your ROI? Like, what do you, like, okay, this is what it costs. Thank you. And I, I'll push back a little bit, you know, at the at certain ages, doesn't matter what stick you give a kid, right? But at certain ages, performance does pay, come into account, right? So right. At, at a certain performance level, a, a different stick, a different tennis racket, a different club is going to make a big difference. But if you don't know how to use that club, that racket, that stick, then then the, the fact that it has Patrick Liney's name on it doesn't mean right. anything, right? right? right. So, so, but, but at the, and the same thing with hockey coaches and hockey organizations, Yes. Okay. It costs a lot of money. I get it. So, but what's my gain to practice ratio? What's my practice to practice ratio? Does this coach talk for 25 minutes during an hour practice? Totally, so totally, I'm paying totally. to come, but am I getting my 60 minutes? I want a coach that's going to teach, 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 and, and have a hell of a lot of fun than somebody that puts together, like you'll go to practices, go, go to team practices and watch a coach at the 12 U level and 14 U level run practices that are working on special teams. And you will see nine kids for 25 minutes sitting right. on the bench, waiting for the special team kids to finally get the proper breakout. And it is unforgivable. And it's, but it's, yeah. it's malpractice from coaching. Right. And, but that's where your, that's where your financial commitment comes in. You could, you could have all the money in the world, but if I'm paying and I'm going to sit there, well, what's the point? So just give me a place where I can pay. I value what I paid. I value the coaching staff. And then, and then let my kid, let my yeah, kid go nuts. You know, I'll give you a good example real quick. And then, and then we'll move on here is that I remember, um, look, one of the things, especially at the younger levels, but this is probably true of most levels is you want most kids moving at any given time. You don't want just two kids doing a drill, right? You want multiple kids doing a drill. I, I think that's the best way to do it, whether it's a flow drill or a fun drill, or you have stations. Yeah. Um, you never want the minimal amount of kids doing a drill at once. Right. Um, and you can't expect you can't expect this is my other favorite one, Mike, is you guys just sit over there and watch. And I want you, I want, I want a few takeaways from you watching these other kids doing the drill. You can't expect anybody to do that. All right. You might have one kid that's really into it. All right. But like, like you <laughs> when, know, my, not- when my little, when my little guy was playing soccer and they used to sit on the sidelines and the best kids would be on the field, right. The right. scores and, and the coach would constantly yell over why you guys keep picking grass over there and fooling around? Yeah, They've been right. sitting there for 25 minutes. Yeah. What do you I expect them to he's do? six years old. What is he supposed if, to do? If my kid stops, he's talking about Fortnite. He's not talking about whatever <laughs> drill we're doing. All right. So right. It's, that's just an unrealistic expectation. Again, the, the, only, the only place I think that works in my experience is, is like top level collegiate or pro. And it makes sense because it's a, basically a job at that point. But even then we don't, we don't let players sit on the bench when we're working on the power play we have the other guys on the other side of the ice working with them doing something else or the, or they're in the penalty kill. So, so they're always engaged. That's the point. Um, the other thing too is uh, and I'm going to pay a compliment to the team I was on last year. I remember at one point we just didn't feel our practices were flowing as good as they could be. So we got together and we re- we shook up practices and they got better. That's another important aspect of a coach, right? Is are they willing to change? Not like, no, we've been doing this since October. We're going to do this in, in January. You got you to gotta change it up. Right. You have to. I've seen a lot of coaches. Right. They have this formula right. and they never break from the formula, even when it's not working anymore. It, it kills me. I'm gonna say this. Um, I love a coach who's willing to switch things up and try new things, new positions, kids right. in different positions. 
But Lee will experience that this as a Flyer fan this year. He'll see that. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, we have to have a hockey team in Philadelphia first. But uh, look, look, the the other thing I was going to say, Christy, to your point is this, is that, that, yeah, you have to continually engage the kids. You know, every once in a while, shake it up. I mean, have a practice where offense plays defense and defense plays offense. Just do something different. Uh, Look, I've said this before on the show. The most dangerous phrase in the English language is, this is the way we've always done it. That is the most dangerous phrase, all right? So you want to look for a coaching staff and organization that's a little adaptable, not afraid to change things up. I remember when, when my son was in Adams, which is in the middle of COVID. Um, so there were really no games, but I remember him coming to me at the end saying, we just do the same drills every week. It's boring. And he was right. He was absolutely right. And so we right. started shaking things up a little bit. Granted, we did what we could with what we had, right? That was, that was literally a year of all practice and no games. So um my great point. So just reviewing so far where we're at, obviously, again, these apply to everything. Scheduling. What is the schedule that works with hockey, other sports, and a job? You're going to want to know what the schedule is. Next thing is what are the costs? What are the hidden fees? What's beyond that? If this is a job, it's how much am I going to get paid and how much are you going to tax? But you have to know financially where you stand. My, my question is a little bit more uh, uh, team-based, culture-based, but it's what is the culture of your organization? And I, it's funny because I think I get cross-eyed uh, people when I ask that question, but I want to know. I want to know who are you, what do you stand for? And if you can't tell me that, that's kind of a red flag, all right? If I, if I go to the, the head of an organization or a coach and like, tell me about the culture here, what's it like? And they don't have an answer, I'm running away, all right? I want to hear, oh, we are, look, we're really dedicated to the kids and development. It could be a horrible answer in terms of just how they, they phrase it, but like, we just want the kids to have a good time and be fun and love hockey. That's a culture. That's an action. Here's another answer. We are a top level organization that seeks to win year after year. And we demand the most from our kids. There's nothing wrong with that answer. I have no problem with that. I want to know that, um, you know, but you have to have an answer to that culture. And, and what I find, uh, and, and I'll turn this to both of you is that this is not any different than a mission statement or a vision statement for an organization. You have to have that because if you don't, as an organization, have that, you're telling me your coaches don't have that. All right. I, I, in my organizations, if you ask any employee I have, what is the mission of this company? They will tell you. And I go out of my way to make sure that they know it. It's very short. It's like 10 words. If that they know it, right? It's not, it's not a, it's not a, a constitution. All right. It's just a few words of this is what my company stands for. This is the team. This is why we do this. So as an organization, I want to hear them say, and it should, it should not be hard to go. We are about the development of youth athletes and making sure that they love this sport. All right. That's, that's great. I want to know that. I'm going to say it again. If you ask that again, reiterate my point. What's the culture here? Culture. What do you mean? All right. That's a red flag. For me. <laughs> what do you right, mean? But I, but, I, I also, but, I also, but I also think if, if we're talking about three things, right, it's the hardest of the three things because right. it, it, what it does is your culture actually will dictate your schedule and your, and your, and your, and your, what, you, what, you, what the costs are, because right, right. the fact is you're the way culturally you set up. And I think this is where, which is amazing to me because of the people I know that are in hockey or really in youth sports that are usually some pretty high functioning, high level men and women that like own companies and own businesses and, and are, are, are very, you know, politically savvy. And the fact that many, most organizations don't have a mission statement or a defined culture right. or a defined, you know, area of where they want to focus with their kids and their coaches and their families, to me, is really what's la- the most lacking in new sports. I totally agree with you. Mike. And, and, yeah, and I, I think I, it's I can tell you. 
with my kids growing up through the hockey, different teams. I, maybe there was one team that had a mission statement and a, a philosophy out of all the teams that they've been on. It's never been a priority and it needs to be. And you're right. It's really at the heart of what that team is all about. And it does affect schedule. It does affect cause. So if you know what the mission is, what the intent of that team is, it kind of answers all your other questions. I'll tell you this too, Christy. Yeah. And, and look, you know, everybody who listens to the show, I like to equate things to life beyond hockey. Okay. Uh, for most organizations, the loudest statement, and we've all seen this, when you walk into an arena, is how many banners are on the wall? How many championship banners or second place runner up banners do you have on the wall? Well, this team must be good. That is not how life works at all. All right. Because the truth is you can walk into a workplace that does great. You might not fit in. Right. Or it might not, not or, or maybe they're doing it immorally. There's a hundred reasons why that's not a good reason. Look, I'm always happy for organizational success. There's nothing wrong with winning. All right. I, I hate losing. We've talked about this. I'm a very competitive person, all right? but it all comes down to how you define winning. When I walk into a rink, I want to see on the wall, we are here to learn, grow and have fun. All right. I want to see it. All right. I remember when I was uh, uh, 16, 17 years old, I joined an organization. They gave me my first playbook. Man, that thing must have been the Bible to me. I took that everywhere. There was a mission statement on the first page. I really bought into that. All right. I think, I think we get a lot of uh, flack for people. My kids aren't, they don't care. They care. They totally care if you make, why do you think they were in the team jacket? Why do you think they were in the team t-shirt? They obviously care about the logo on the front, not the name on the back. Hopefully we all have that kid on the team. But you can create that in an organization. And here's the thing. It's not hard. This isn't rocket science, right? All 8,000 teams in America, whatever it is, you don't need different mission statements. You could all have the same one if you want. But it, you have to present that to the parents. You have to present that to the kids. I am a big believer in having a kid sign a contract at the beginning of the year that says, hey, we're here to have fun. We're here to learn. We're here to do this. It's a commitment. You're making a commitment to a team, right? And, and again, Look, there are scenarios where kids fall out of love with the game. I understand that. But you make a commitment as a parent. My job is no, you made a commitment. We're going to follow through with this commitment unless it's so unbearable that you really can't handle it. All right. But the, the, the culture, the mission statement is a big part of that commitment. It also, if I may, keeps the organization and the coaches accountable. All right. It's an anchor for me to go back to, you know what, Lee, you're getting a little too competitive as a coach right now. The mission statement says we're here to develop and have fun at, 8U, 10U, whatever. All right. There's nothing wrong with that. And Christy, you're right. Not enough organizations do this. So now they don't. You know, and, and, and they, they will have start doing shirts made up with a mission statement on I, the back of the shirt. I used to do that, that when I coached ready? college. I would yeah. I would make our, our yeah, team Sophia's t-shirts. Team actually, yeah. yeah, come to think of it, her team does that. Right. So they yeah, have but and a, like I think that's front. that's such a simple concept, right? I mean, I, yeah. me I remember going to coming back from a, a coaching clinic in Windsor, Ontario. Roger Nilsson used to run this great clinic, and all the pro coaches were up there, and they'd have all kinds of uh, you know teaching moments and one of the things that really struck me as a young coach that you forget that you had mission statements built into when you played for coaches maybe they weren't as deliberate as lee and you and yourself are talking about sure, but but sure, did, sure. but some but i remember roger had a, a, a his t-shirts that he had made up and everything that was in the locker room i mean um the, the show that's out there right now is big on on having a mission statement and goals and stuff like that right um i forget the the, the apple 
TV. Ted Lasso. Ted yeah, Lasso. Ted Lasso. So <laughs> some, like things like that, like re, re-emphasizes how powerful a message is. And to Lee's point, it doesn't have to be a 15-page document. Like, I remember right. Roger had one. It was just say, never give up. And it was a right. picture of a, right. uh, it was like, it was a, uh, what was it? It was like a seagull or, uh, or something, an ibis in, in, the, in the weeds, you know, eating a frog and the frog's hands around the ibis's right. neck. Right. Like, you know, saying, don't, you know, never give up. Like, you can right. always get out of this. And I think that's, you know, when you watch teams that are the highest level of success at the end of the year, um, there's something there. There's some kind of a mission and some kind of a, a Lee, what was the episode we did on a, um, you know, having an object like a, a right. unification, object. unification, object. that's part of culture. That's part of your right. mission statement. That's something kids can drive towards and parents can drive towards your coach can drive towards and hopefully your entire organization it, it, in, in an ideal world, it's not individual teams. Cause the most, cause when you look at youth sports, it's not like the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's not one team. It's right. a lot of little teams, but if you can find cultural, um, you, you, you know, pieces in there that could be alike, it's going to help the growth and retention of your organization. Yeah. And, and parents ask other parents, like you said, if, right. if they, it, that's another one, like, look, I hope when, when people look back on the season, I just went through, they'll say, Oh yeah, we did this team building. We had a great time at tournaments. The kids right. really bonded. They loved it. That's culture. That's good. What I right. don't want to hear is, Oh, let me tell you about last season. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you about last <laughs> that's season. horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I want to hear when I come into a season. Um, you know, Mike, just, just to, to, to reiterate your point, um, when I was in college and I, I took this with me forever. In fact, anyone who's ever played for me will know what I'm about to say. Uh, I had a Marine, my freshman year of college, he goes team teammate self. That's the order in which we prioritize. And that became our motto. It's on all our t-shirts and every single team I've coached since then has yeah. heard that team teammate self. That is the order of how we prioritize your team comes first then your teammates and then your, your own effort. Right. Uh, I mean, it changed simple. my life. That changed simple. my life. <laughs> and it's simple, right? It's simple. You, yeah. you, you do an episode with JB Spizo and, and the guy like that will say, it's simple. You don't need, I, yeah. I don't need to have a paragraph written on the back of a t-shirt. No. I need something a kid can recite. Another teammate can push you in the shoulder and say, don't forget, this, yeah. is, our, this is who we are. Chin up. And I mean, and, you know, things, yeah. And it, it's, yeah. it's, it's just a way, and it's, and it's, and it's really, you know, when you bring it down to the youth level, it's a great way for a parent to look at another parent and say, don't forget what our mission is here. Right. Our mission is not to, you know, get your hands off the official's neck and remember the mission. <laughs> right. And, and Mr. Official make better calls. Because, <laughs> yeah. because, uh, you're not just here to pick I mean, up the paycheck. I know the officials stink. I get that. Yeah. yeah. But... No, we, we always joke. I would, I was joke with officials. Like this is just the bare minimum bar. I expect just the bare minimum. I'm not expecting to be an NHL rep, but just do the bare minimum. Uh, that's a whole nother episode. We'll have to have Carrie Frazier back on again for that one. Right. Um, like I'll, I'll say this too, just in closing is that, uh, it is never too early. This is just, a, I, I've heard parents say this and it's a common misconception. It is never too early to teach your kids goal setting, mission statements, uh, you know, the, the meaning of words like accountability and teamwork and trust. It's never too early. And I promise you, I'm, I'm not using that word lightly, that will pay off in the future. Again, should your kid go on to play hockey in an extremely high level? Awesome. I, I am so for that. I will never tell a kid not to dream. But the truth is, even if you do make it to the NHL and you're Wayne Gretzky, around 40, it ends, unless you're Yamir Yager. But it's going to end at some point. You have to join the real world. So it is never, never too early to teach your kids 
the power of culture, the power of teamwork. And let's just be honest, everybody, we could use a little bit more of that in our society right now. And I think that's going to be the shift that starts to happening soon. We, we are divided in a lot of ways. We have to start coming back together at some point, right? And, and youth sports is a great conduit to do that, right? Because my belief is, you know, the kids aren't always going to agree on everything at hockey, most likely. <laughs> it's like, a, like youth, youth hockey is a, parent, is, is a great metaphor for all of society in a lot of ways. Um, well, this is a fun little short episode here, guys. It was fun. Let's, uh, yeah. let's just reiterate the three one more time. Uh, number one, brought to you by Christy Cash, Anna Burns. The heart of our kids play hockey is scheduling. Know the schedule, understand the schedule. How does it affect your schedule? Make sure that your schedule is important. Don't just bow to the hockey gods and say, yes, whatever you need, overlord. That's right. Because I'm playing yes. AAA. Your um, life matters too. <laughs> right. And then number two, the brain of our kids play hockey, Mike Benelli. Uh, uh, said it the best, I think here is what's it going to cost me? Get your hand out of my pocket. Let me know how much this is going to cost. Um, and then me, the mouth of our kids play hockey is, uh, is culture. All right. Find out the culture. I think if you ask those three questions and keeping in mind, there's lots of other questions you could ask, but those are three core questions you should be asking an organization or a team before you dive in for the season. And uh, I'm going to be honest with all you listening. The way you get changes here, Christy said it, right? Like a lot of organizations don't have a culture or mission statement. Ask the question. The more people that ask the question, the more need there'll be for an answer, right? Don't be afraid to ask the questions, all right? And if you don't ask, you're going to pay the price of not asking. <laughs> Never hurts. You're teaching your kid how to ask questions. So uh, fun little episode there. I hope you're all enjoying this. This season will be here before you know it. And I, I don't know about you two, but I've definitely gotten the itch recently, especially when it's been 100 degrees here in Philadelphia. I'm like, I need an ice rink. I want to get back on the ice with. We've I mean, been I'm, in an ice rink. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I still I play year round, but it's just something different. Summer's fun, but man, there's just something about the fall when the weather turns yeah. and the leaves fall, and you know the NHL gets started. It's a special time of year. You all know what I'm talking about. So, uh, unless anybody has anything else to add, I'm gonna close this one out. Just yeah. if you're if you're an organizational leader and you're listening to this, be proactive and put yeah. these in place. Go out and get. Don't wait for a parent to come to you in December and ask what the hell am I paying for? And what is the mission statement here? I just heard this episode, be proactive <laughs> and, you know, be, and, and get ahead of it. If you want to have a good, great organization and a great team, use these three as a, as just a pivot point for you to build your, you know, trilogy of success and then, and then have it as an opportunity to, you know, attract parents to your organization because you have these things in place. Right. And, I, and I believe that will happen. And yeah. uh, uh, Follow that up real quick again. We've been getting a lot of emails, a lot of messages lately. You can email us at team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. Uh, if you have an organizational question, we'll forward it right to Mike. He'll take care of that. He'll get to you, tell you all about Mike, Mike Benelli Hockey Solutions, which is a fantastic uh, organization. Um, or we can just answer your questions. Again, our mailback has been getting more and more filled. We appreciate all of you that have been reaching out and listening to the episode. Uh, Christy, any final words before I move on? Yeah, just we also have to not forget the important role parents play in building that culture too. Totally. If you subscribe to what the team culture is, do everything you can to help support it and not tear it down. I just, I've seen too many examples of parents who have uh, tried to destroy something really good just because right. they didn't get it. <laughs> right. You know, you are so, not uh, the exception, play, right? Yeah, you play an important that. role and don't yeah. underestimate your value too. Right. Yeah. Especially if you have the best, most talented kid on the team and the other kids yeah. are not there. There is something to learn there. Right. There's something to learn there. You can, you, you know, Christy, there's one last thought. You, you know, my son, I've been telling him a lot because, because again, I'm not just saying this to, to, to sound like I'm bragging, but he's quite intelligent. And I always tell him 
when you know something somebody else doesn't know, if you know that person, help them learn, teach them. Don't be condescending to them because you know something they don't know. It's tough for kids, but that's the message I'm trying to give him is help them, be a helper. Don't be a herder. You know what I mean? So again, every kid's a little different. That's just my experience. Uh, but, but yeah, fantastic point. You know, we all play a role in this. Uh, it takes a village, right? It takes a village to, to, to make a human being. So that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Once again, if you want to email us or contact us, team at ourkidsplayhockey.com, uh, or you can visit our Facebook group, Our Kids Play Hockey. It's, it's on Facebook, as I said. Uh, and always check out our website, our, doing again, ourkidsplayhockey.com. <laughs> If you want to see all of our previous episodes, if you like it, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. That helps us out a lot. Make sure to check out the book that Christy and I wrote, uh, whenhockeystops.com, or you can find it on Amazon. It's doing very well. Appreciate all you support of us. So for Christy Casciano Burns and Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we'll see you on the next edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Take care, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.